0: Leafs Lounge is the destination for passionate discussion about your team. Listen as experts Aaron Greenfield, Aaron Stern, and Jeffrey Martin deconstruct the week's action and tee up next week's game. One team, three opinions. Welcome Leafs Lounge. to our
1: finale of Leafs Lounge. And uh, a sad, or no, not a sad finale, but a. Uh, it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet. bittersweet. We have uh, a special guest, not to bury the lead. Uh, who wants to be? I, I think Aaron, Aaron Greenfield, will um, reveal the special guest, since she went to all the hard work of so getting Shooting out here.
0: emails to uh, big, big, uh,
1: big names in the industry.
2: Reveal it, Aaron. Reveal it,
1: Mr. Darren Dreger,
2: wow. TSN Insider,
1: as you probably know from the title of this uh, podcast.
2: We'll be joining us later today. <laughs> we'll be joining us at any point. We don't know when, <laughs> but a Darren Dreger phone call will be happening. But first, let's let's introduce Aaron Stern here. Aaron Greenfield, Jeffrey Martland. All right, the mm-hmm. usual cast, the, of, the usual uh, the, troublemakers, the original cast. Uh, <laughs> I guess this is the only cast. I think it's pretty, pretty impressive
0: that we stayed together for yes. four years.
2: But we did have a little, a little uh, David. Mo- Shout out to David Marsudi, yeah. who, who appeared stepped uh, in and uh, what a was times. it third year? Last uh, year he I, stepped th- in a bit. He stepped in a bit. Yeah. Yeah, he got the job done. Very Good for knowledgeable, him. knowledgeable yes. yeah, a Greg
0: knowledgeable.
1: grinder, if you will.
0: He's <laughs> going with TSN. Right. Uh, okay, I don't know
2: fine. if you
1: would want to be called that, but right. um,
0: it's a compliment. It is a complete compliment. But yeah, a, this a grinder.
1: Is, yeah, I guess so. But yeah, this. Well, I would is, say he's an all-star, but yeah. I think that's more of a compliment.
2: Potential last show. As of now, we're calling it the last show. You never know what the future holds. No, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe next Fan 590. The show's on. We'll uh, say Maybe uh, we. Can, sorry, sorry. TSN. The, the reason. The re- <laughs> it's a TSN theme today. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, the reason that we're not coming back next year is because Aaron Greenfield has a beautiful opportunity in uh, LA. Yeah. um he's working for fox sports Fox Sports. so we'll see what me and aaron stern can do yeah, yeah. Um, i have not even
2: at sportsnet but
1: uh yeah we'll we'll, well we'll see <laughs> yeah as of now do you know what you're doing no i don't we'll see um but that's that's good we got aaron at sportsnet maybe yeah. he can
0: work his, work the connections get, get us mm-hmm. on the fan get us on the yeah. fan but uh next Tim and sid
2: sure but this is uh <laughs> what we'll this do it's all right tsn back. and we yeah, just yeah. like we immediately, three sportsnet shout outs immediately go go to sportsnet but uh <laughs> The podcast is gonna be a little longer than usual, yes. as it
1: is our potential finale. Um,
2: if you listen to this whole thing, you're you're a legend. I, I don't know. I don't know why, <laughs> but. Maybe just, just stop listening now and fast forward to the Darren Dreger part, which will be there. I <laughs> we guess, will probably
0: provide point. a time when he comes into the show uh, when it's posted, yes. so that you don't have no, to listen. No, to
1: I don't the think event. we should. I no, think, yeah, I yeah,
0: think yeah. you should. It could be any time this. from now to the next two hours.
2: No, <laughs> uh,
1: uh, yeah, you're gonna have to listen to the whole damn show.
2: But yeah, I assume people want to hear a Leafs. But I guess we could talk some memories. I mean, we started in the old Spirit Live upstairs, which no longer exists. No yeah, longer it, it's a mixing sweet. Actually, by the way, this show started. I actually made a post yeah. <laughs> in the group. I said, "Does anyone want to talk?" Leaps. Yeah, these two guys pounced on. Here we are. <laughs> that that
1: uh, was the inception for sure. Yeah, we we didn't know each other at that point. I think maybe I accidentally no, I met I, Aaron yeah. Stern at uh in class. I
2: actually, it's um, it's actually funny. I I think b- so before the day before the this got formed. I think the three of us actually all sat beside each other, but we didn't know each other. In I, what class? In uh, audio. Oh, it was audio. I was talking yeah. to Jeff a bit. I remember we were talking about commuting to school. Really? And you were beside me, too, on the other side. Wow. But we didn't, I didn't know you at all. But you were wearing a Leafs hat, I think. So uh, I, remember I took note of that. Yeah, we, that anyway, sounds likely. We were actually all sitting beside each other, but didn't really converse. And then the, the next day, I made that post. and It was uh, meant to be. Boom. Leafs Lounge. Fate uh, brought us together. Leafs yep. Lounge, 15 Oscars, the whole showdown. Zero Terras, though. <laughs> yeah, zero, zero <laughs> Terras. Yeah, we were snubbed. We're not, not going to get into that. But uh, we were snubbed.
1: Unfortunately, they don't do Terras by the amount of listeners. So. No,
0: if you're listening and you don't know what a Terra is, it's basically a, a school award for student work. That's and. Yeah. We pushed hard, but we unfortunately did not get the award for best
2: radio, radio show. show. Apparently, they uh, don't take account. Not even just listeners, but Swedish listeners. They obviously don't. Uh, <laughs> our lo-
0: fans would definitely disagree with the... Yeah, uh,
2: mostly Sweden is their fan base, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> with the it's, results. Uh, yeah. It is what it is. So uh all right uh, so yeah. te- you guys have any good memories? Uh, no, they're all bad. <laughs> all that lots of
0: <laughs> lots of technical difficulties and some arguments, but that's that's the charm
1: well that, that, I think that's why uh they say do things in school so you get the technical difficulties oh, yeah. out of the way I think. even
2: though the, the, they never seem to stop.
1: <laughs> no, not at all. but yeah, I, um good memories, all of them. I think it's it's a
2: joy coming here every yeah.
1: every week. For uh, most
2: of the year, for sure. Well, we, we yeah, unfortunately, we we used to do the show a lot more often. I mean, this year obviously we didn't get too many in. Like early on, I felt like we were doing it all the time. Like that first year, but that 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 was a hoot. I was going up there and uh, for sure doing the weekly show. But uh, and it's it's all, always nice
1: to watch a Leaf game and say, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that on uh, Leafs Lounge, and yeah. you're able to uh, get out your frustrations, especially over the last four years. There've been a lot of them. It's been um, good
0: practice too, just properly. Uh, Explaining your your thoughts on a game, yeah. articulating yeah. things yeah, for exactly. sure.
2: Yeah, uh, I remember one of our first callers, uh, Mo. Yeah. Mo ended up being right. He was <laughs> right. I, he ended up being right. Mo a genius. He was
0: actually a genius. If anyone can
2: find Mo and uh, he, let him he know. He
0: called it. He called the uh, the collapse yeah. of 2014. Was it? It must
1: have been 2014. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, he didn't. Uh, he didn't necessarily call it collapse. He just said <laughs> that the team should uh, rebuild. completely scrap and rebuild, rebuild yeah. which is yeah. interesting. I don't. It was the right call, I guess, in hindsight. But yeah, it was it, weird. There the was time. no evidence.
2: We we had just we had made the playoffs the year before, and we were in the playoffs at that point. And he we just, were doing well too. Yeah, yeah, he just came out and said, <laughs> "This team tank. is never going to win the cup," which was true. And he just said, uh, "Just tank because the, the team's not good enough," which was fair. But I think we were kind of just like, we're in first like, place, like, doesn't matter. Maybe, I don't know if we we're in first, but just like we made the playoffs last yeah. year, we're in the playoffs now. You don't just tear apart a team. Like who knows yeah. who yeah. the lad and I don't know.
0: It was quite a quite a rebuild though since we started. The roster is completely different.
2: Yeah, we've had no obviously no playoffs since we've started the show. It's pretty crazy. It's one uh,
0: thing missing from Lee Lounge, the playoff edition. Playoff edition. Uh,
2: but yeah, we had some a lot of analytics debates. Uh, oh my god! So that so I think yeah, I guess it was the first year. Well, that's when no. I was starting to there emerge. It was like a
0: two part episode oh pretty god. much because it took place. That in was crazy. Two straight weeks where we it's crazy. discussed.
1: Do we want, do we want to talk Leafs? Is there? Uh, I mean, we we could start off with the big topic. Most recent topic would be goalie interference. Do You guys have any big opinions about Nazem Kadri's goalie interference and perhaps the rule going forward?
2: Well, the, yeah, the goalie interference that was a, that, that was a tough one. I did not I did not think it was goalie interference. Uh, the problem is
0: with the rule because it can be interpreted both ways. Right. There but, was a, there was enough contact where you could get away with calling it goalie interference. At the same time, Kadri tried to avoid it as much as he could, and he didn't really prevent Jones from making the save. Yeah. Which right. Is why and, and, yeah, if he, they said it was a good goal, Pete DeBoer probably would have been upset, but he would have gotten over it.
2: I thought it was a triple whammy because he he got pushed. He tried to prevent it. Did he and get pushed though? He was a little bit. It was. It was
0: more he couldn't get out of the yeah, way because yeah, it wasn't a hard shot. I, th- I thought now. there was
2: slight pressure. Anyway, he was kind of blocked into doing it, but he, so he was kind of forced into it. Uh, tried to prevent it, and the um, the uh, the contact didn't even prevent Jones from getting set. So I, I didn't uh, I didn't like the call, and also why was it a penalty on top of the no goal? Sometimes you'll see no goal goal interference. But not the penalty as well. Yeah, I think that's the new
0: rule now. Where if if you if you interfere, that's a penalty, and they also can't allow it to be a goal. Are you sure? Because I've but I've
2: seen some this year where it's just no goal. I think I think it's just the ref's discretion of how serious it is. But Mm -hmm. I, I don't know
1: unless that rule changes here. Yeah. Because NHL 17, you can't even do it. Yeah, like it's not a penalty, but uh, I don't think
2: that is a new rule. I think they've always had the discretion to do to call a penalty, but I, maybe because I, 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 I've seen that,
0: mul- I've seen that before. I
1: like, think maybe if it's in the crease, it should be a penalty. But Kadri wasn't even in the crease there. Yeah,
2: yeah I think it's. Uh, and also, it could be a bit of a rep- reputation thing. We've seen less calls on Kadri. You gotta think like there are meetings with refs, and he's obviously someone on their list at the beginning of the year where it's. Well, if
1: me, if refs have. Goddamn meetings. Why aren't they having meetings about what the hell goalie interference is? Like, th- that's ridiculous. If yeah. Aaron uh, Greenfield over here saying that, I got to Okay. Complete tangent. I gotta say that <laughs> the two of you having the same name is really difficult to address. Did you mean Aaron Stern on that? No, oh, I oh, meant oh, Greenfield. Oh, oh. Um, but so it's just, it's, just say it's Greenfield. I know it's just not in my. No, it's but not a reflex way, at all.
2: Yeah, and talking about memories, we, we should, yeah. In fairness to Jeff, this has been very difficult for him with two Aarons, and uh, <laughs> it's so. not yeah. easy. Anyways, yeah. It yeah. Was so, so back to the leaf Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Complete tangent. You
1: can cut that out.
2: No, no. We're keeping this natural. This is all natural. This is the finale. You want the good. Yes.
1: All right. Anyway, so as Greenfield was saying earlier that, I mean, it's it changes all the time and it's it's kind of up to the ref's discretion. It shouldn't be. I mean, there should be a precedent. I mean, uh, it's it's ridiculous that a ref can decide a game like that. Essentially, he just decided the game like that. So,
2: yeah, no, I agree. As Greenfield said, it, it is ridiculous. No, and the precedent. But. Yeah, that was, uh, that was that was that was it. But I do think that they that yeah. So they have meetings, and uh, I'm sure they do try to figure out what goalie interference is. But then as it happens, it just like it's so subjective. And uh, right. But Kadri would be someone where at the beginning of the year, he would be on the list of people to watch for as a, as a bit of an embellisher and someone who drew the most penalties. And now he's not drawing so many penalties. So I don't know if this had to do with that, but he seems to uh, have a bit of a reputation with the officials now. In um, terms of getting
1: not, calls I I could have history I guess do you guys see uh changes coming forward though going forward at least in terms of what in terms of um either the, the rules maybe making them a little less gray um I just don't know Crease how. rules
0: I think it's pretty difficult to I wouldn't know how they would go about yeah. doing that
1: right
2: speaking of rules though um I saw a lot of people also complaining with the shootout again um and some people saying maybe do ten minutes of three on three. I actually think that would be a lot better. I think I w- that, Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that.
1: I, I, I think that it's a CBA issue, though, because really? you can't ask For more. players to work more if they're not being paid more, um, which I guess is a kind of an issue because you don't see commercials, I don't think, during overtime either. So uh, maybe it's a revenue thing as well. It it, it it doesn't work necessarily as a business model, but I think a lot more people would be satisfied yeah, rather I, than the shootout. The shootout's a little bit one-dimensional and ridiculous. Even yeah. if they
0: added a couple minutes, it's the same as adding a shootout. It, it,
1: it's that's true. Um, like, I guess added, you don't have a whole team playing, and it's there's less risk of injury.
0: Even seven minutes of over of three on three might end more games than five. Yeah,
2: there are a lot of chances. Obviously, we don't know all the behind the scenes and logistics, as Jeff was saying with the CBA. But um, yeah, I, I would hope that I. I, I if they could extend it, I did the shootout, I actually used to kind of like it because I hated ties so much. I'm, I'm happy that the game ends in some fashion. But now that the three-on-three three is so exciting, you don't want it to end. And then the shootout happens, and it's just so... And it's d- awful. It's so bad, and it's not even as exciting anymore because the three-on-three three is so exciting. And it's just a horrible way to, to decide a winner, so especially as a Leafs fan right now. But, the Leafs have uh,
0: never had a goalie who is good in shootouts. No.
2: But, Most teams don't. Yeah, Actually, actually, Reimer, shockingly, was uh, wasn't bad in shootouts. Uh, maybe it was, maybe it was like one season or two where they actually decent in the shootout, but 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 yeah they they they've had some issues, um, but uh, yeah I, I I don't know if it'll happen, but it'd be nice to extend it because three on three is amazing and the shootout sucks.
1: How do you guys feel about well Aaron or Stern? You said you didn't like ties Greenfield. How do you feel about ties?
0: Not a huge fan to be honest. Um, yeah, ties suck. It's kind of a buzzkill after all that time. Uh, like I I. That's one reason I couldn't get into soccer ever. There's so many zero-zero ties, and I don't like that. And then also they go into penalty shootouts, which is equally as terrible.
1: Well, yeah. The... But
0: we're not going to talk about soccer. Um, no. Shootout, yeah. I, I mean, ties. I grew up with ties for a long period of time uh, watching hockey, and I never really liked them. I didn't really understand yeah. the point.
1: I guess it's not good TV. But I don't think shootouts are good TV either, if if that's the the goal. I don't know. Um, are you guys more satisfied with shootouts than ties? Then, if we're uh, gonna do yeah,
2: but if you need marginally, yeah, yeah, I'd rather shootout than a tie. But it's interesting how it's changed. I mean, a lot of people did like the shootout. I, I even liked it. I don't know what it is now. Maybe the Leafs just suck at it. But um, I don't find it as exciting. Maybe it is because the three on three is so exciting. But when it first came out, it was kind of exciting. The shootout to see I think the moves so, and the for sure. it, if, yeah. But now I don't know. There's something about it. Maybe maybe I'm biased. Maybe it's just because the Leafs have been losing, but
0: I think it is a bit of bias because um, the Leafs have never really had <laughs> a meaningful game in a shootout or a that I can shootout. remember. You know, so the what? Leafs haven't had a meaning meaningful game, game for like ten, 10 years. years yes. But yes,
1: um,
0: <laughs> oh, oh, you're saying like when a, you a watch, yeah, when you watch some other teams that are more competitive, you get really into the shootout because you want that extra point for the Leafs. Let's be honest, that extra point means nothing.
2: Yeah, but we still want it. I, I, I think It's I th- still a different perspective. No, I know, I know. Oh, you're saying like when the game is more meaning, the shootout is more... Exciting. Oh, exciting. Because... I saying it's more like No, it's,
0: it's more exciting because that extra point yeah. means that much more. When yeah. you're a Leafs fan and 26th to 28th in the standings, it really doesn't make a difference.
2: Yeah, I guess it depends on your definition. I, I get pretty emotionally invested like in Leaf games. Like I'll even be like I've had shootouts where I'm watching the Leafs, so I really want them to win, and I'm into it. But it's more I just like I don't like it though. Right. <laughs> it's like it I don't know, maybe yeah. So I just it's more, I don't enjoy it.
1: There's also there's also a little bit of criticism for the three point game. Do you guys have any I don't know, reservations about it? I I, I don't necessarily see it as a huge issue.
0: How did it used to work when there were ties?
1: Each pre- team would get one
0: point. One point. So what's the difference? Well, the difference Winner is now... Winner gets
1: two, and then the loser gets
2: one. one. There's just so much point distribution.
1: Like, yeah, like a, a non-playoff team gonna like 78 points.
0: Well,
2: when is... a team lost... Because
0: wasn't there overtime and then there was a tie? Yeah. So if a team lost in overtime, would they get a point or no? No. I don't
1: remember that, but... Oh, so was if they? they?
0: if they didn't... Or if they did get a point – if they did used to get a point when they lost in overtime before a tie, then that argument is completely irrelevant because
2: it still happens. Well, there's just more point.
0: But if they didn't, then I can understand. Well,
1: no, uh, I don't know if it's irrelevant. I think it's just
0: – It's the same it thing, looks, though. It
1: looks bad. On, I mean, it's the same thing. No, but, but, it, just,
2: but, no, but there's more point distribution because all those ties now are going to shoot out, right? Right. And but but I'm, actually- I'm just
0: saying like if there's always – a loser point, like if you lost an overtime. It was before very rare, though.
2: It was very rare. It was a four on four for five minutes. Yeah. Very, very, pretty rare to lose an overtime. Now there's a lot of loser points. Exactly. But yeah, think, I'm just I saying it's... If,
0: if teams did get a point for losing before a tie, then it kind of doesn't make a difference. But uh, if, they, if they didn't get a point and they only got a point if they made it through overtime and then it was a tie, then okay. Uh, no, I understand that argument then.
2: I know what you're saying, but the standings are very. Close these days, and there's a lot of point distribution. I actually think at some point they will do something about it, and they're gonna they'll they'll change so there's more of a gap in the points. I
1: think it's stupid to be honest. If you're in the same division as two teams that go to shootout overtime, you know, then those two teams that are in your division are getting three points between the two of you, which means you have to make up those points to catch up. It's just it just seems stupid that because they couldn't finish it in regulation, teams not involved in the game are then. negatively affected by it, it's not fair. the
2: thing is we don't know. I mean, a lot of fans don't seem to like it, but we don't know what the NHL thinks. It's possible they like having uh, not much of a gap in the standings. Maybe they want parity in close teams. Yeah, I don't know if that would change.
0: If the standings... It may, though. Yeah, exactly. If the standings weren't as close, would we be... Excited right before the playoffs, if there was a 10 point gap well, between eighth and nine, like I no think, one would watch. I mean,
1: it's easy enough to find out if you were to go through the last few seasons and take out people's... So, someone has to do that. Shoot, yeah, we're they, not gonna do it because we don't that. prep very well. But <laughs> people,
2: people, I've seen those though, where people take out the dumb. They do some formal, and the standings change. There's more gaps, but yeah. I just think I don't know. I guess I find it a little dumb how you hear the Leafs. I don't know what they are now, but even like before, little you know, say it's like six points out of the playoffs and like four points out of last place. It's, it's kind of weird. You know what I mean? Um, how, how, how close it yeah. is. I, I do think
1: on the other side that that's a good that's thing a good, about yeah. the NHL when you watch baseball, which is a really long season. And then like teams are out it by what June. I mean, it's pretty yeah, ridiculous that for
2: sure. you, you could argue both, but it's just weird how the Leafs are like three wins, three wins in a row from being like right on the play knocking on the door of the playoffs. And then three wins from being, you know, last or whatever. Because you always hear that, how they're this close to last, this close to the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's interesting. I don't know if they will change it, because as Jeff said, it's uh, it could be good. Maybe they like that closeness and excitement.
0: I'll type. be honest, I don't mind that. I kind of
2: yeah. like it being close all the way through.
0: Because I'm engaged right to the end. Yeah,
1: that that's one of the pros of it for sure. But I think that
2: is fair. But a, a con also is, as Jeff mentioned, is when you're trying to chase teams and then you, all these three-point games in your division, it just seems like you can everyone's yeah. getting points at all times. Especially when the team is really lock it down and play a defensive style, and they just grind it out. They kind of you notice that really in the hunt where they just there's a lot more. It seems like there's a lot more ties in the in the back half of the season and shootout points and. Do we dare? I, I do think in the finale and there there actually is a reason for the analytic talk because there was something today that happened. Um but do we dare get into it before Drigger or should we maybe wait till after? That
1: might be a good good like uh, a good... good way to just like nope, over. Yeah. The debate ends there, but So bring it up. I'm not even sure what you're talking about, so I might what, not be what, a good opponent. What was
0: what was brought up today?
2: Well, there was a uh, because Babcock made a comment. Oh, yes, I did see and, that. And and uh he was obviously attacked. But, you want to yeah. tell
1: us the, uh, the comment?
2: Yeah, so it wasn't a huge, it maybe got blown out of proportion a bit, as everything always does in Toronto, but he basically just said, I don't care what, uh, he was saying, you know, there are different ways to look at players, like I know, you know, like Polak and Hunwick, their course may not be good, but at the end of the day, uh, not a lot of shots happen when they're on, and not a lot of scoring chances happen when they're on. Well, that that's basically what he said and then he got attacked by people cuz he said something bad about it's bad about Corsi uh, that, that's pretty much it and it sparked a bit of a debate
1: were people attacking him like social media social or like media. to his face
2: no 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 no, no. no not social media no no one would ever face no. to his face. come on this is, no one ever talked to,
0: <laughs> says anything yeah. to anyone's face yeah by the way they're <laughs>
2: cowards by the way and I'm calling out actually I, mean, I shouldn't do this don't do Darren it. on the show today but some, <laughs> some of these I was going to specifically name people but I'm sorry these people I mean like are you kidding me all these comments about analytics and just now you mentioned Corsi to Babcock like I can't believe this didn't happen earlier honestly like, every day I see a million tweets. Like, in just now you bring this up? Like, like come on. Like, I, I always wondered why they never said anything to Babcock. You can even word it in a way where it's like, what do you think with the underlying numbers? of? Because there's only so many uh, actual
0: reporters who get access who are interested I, I, in that. I
2: could easily name reporters that have a heavy interest in course yeah. that, that are in those scrums.
0: There's, there, but there's only a few that would actually be the ones who would bring that up. So they probably didn't want to do it day one.
2: I don't mean day one. I'm saying, uh, well, anyway, at all this time, anywho. I can
0: understand why they would wait. I don't I, so
2: know. I, I don't think so. But uh, I,
1: I mean, I, I get Aaron uh, Greenfield's point: is that you have a less chance of asking those questions. Um, and then again, if there is such limited access, obviously you don't want to piss him off because then you give that access to someone else. But
2: I don't know. I think if you're you're there every day, every practice, every game, but and you're not once necessarily you can bring guaranteed.
0: That up
1: to be there every
0: day if you do something that pisses Babcock off that much which is why you'd be the
1: other thing is that they have to ask other questions they can't be the the symbol for all analytics that i mean these are journalists. They have other articles no, to write I mean, them. No, I there's a mean, he...
2: there's a lot of questions every day. There's a lot of dumb questions. That's true. <laughs> Literally every day, Mike Babcock is interviewed, and some of these people are there every single are you, day. Are you
1: saying analytic questions are smart questions?
2: <laughs> no, I'm saying they're dumb questions. I'm saying they're dumb, but <laughs> okay. but, but there's already a lot of dumb citing questions. citing other dumb <laughs> questions. Yeah. I'm saying so you want
1: to p- p- replace dumb questions yeah. with new dumb questions. I'm
2: saying there's already dumb questions. I want to add in more. And they interview him every day. I'm just saying, and not one of those guys, and I think you guys know the one guy I'm thinking of in particular yep. who has never once said anything about underlying numbers to Mike Babcock, but you'll ask him seven other dumb questions every day. Anyway, so that's an, another point. But, uh, <laughs> But, okay. but uh, yeah, so interesting. Uh, I, I'm actually, I was so hap- <laughs> I was happy when I saw what he said, to be honest. But, uh, then, but then now I'm a little upset because things are going to get a lot stupider now because now these analytic idiots are going to start to dislike Babcock more and more, I think, which is ridiculous cuz he's a legend.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't really care who likes Babcock. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, obviously, if you you don't want to you don't want to run him out of town. No, no, he won't run out. Of but town. I don't think the media is going to be are going to influence the management and I don't think uh, I don't I don't think media has that much effect. On what happens, and I don't think Babcock cares about being like that much, especially yeah. by these analytic no. blokes, as he, Sterner like to. He doesn't think care. of them, but he,
2: he doesn't care. But I was already sensing it a bit with him. Some people seem to be a little frustrated with some with some of the things he does, which is fair. But uh, I actually think this may turn into a bit of a n- nothing too crazy, but there may be more and more. I, I saw some anger on social media today. The other thing There's is always you, anger on social media. But it, it
1: sounded they, like he was citing analytics. Like, it, it didn't sound like he had too much of a problem. He was saying that, well, yeah, but they also suppress a lot of shots, which is generally the defense defensive responsibility. I mean, you could say what you want about shots for, but their defensemen, at the end of the day, they can't do a lot to get shots for. I yeah, mean, I they don't can th- do some stuff, but I don't it's think more up to the forwards in that respect. Yeah.
0: I don't think Babcock is anti-analytics. No, don't he don't just he views all. it differently than... Yeah. Exactly. The other yeah. analytics people do. I, yeah. I, I
1: feel like, yeah, The I think this has been Stern's problem for the last four years is that <laughs> analytics people look at hockey like it's a fantasy sport. It's, it's purely played on paper, but I think that you can look at analytics and they can give you a pretty good idea of how the player's playing, but it can't give you... It can tell you how the player is playing, but not necessarily how well the player is playing. I like, think
2: my problem with analytics, it's not its not the whole thing of analytics. There are some stats I'll see that I like. And if you if you show me a good advanced stat that makes logic sense to me, I'll like it. Like, I hate when people say, like, oh, you don't like Corsi, you're not progressive. Well, show me a good progressive stat, and I'll like it. You know what I mean? You, you don't have to think a certain way. I don't i don't have to accept every single stat. It's true. Called Corsi analytics. isn't that progressive no, I know. to begin and, with. Well, so. well sorry, I, sh- I shouldn't say Corsi, because Corsi... I should clarify. Team Corsi makes a lot of sense. I've been over this a lot, but Team Corsi, great. Shows you how a team plays. I mean, every team wants the puck, wants possession, wants shots for. It shows you how much you rely on your goalie. Team Corsi makes a lot of sense. The main issue I have with analytics and with the main stat that is used is the, is the individual Corsi or the CF percentage or the Fenwick, which I think let me, is, is a useful stat when taken into consideration a lot of other factors. For sure. But what I find is that is the most used stat, and it is used solo by a lot of analytic junkies. And it is so wrong. <laughs> so so many times it, it is so wrong. And that is my main issue with analytics, is that, is, that, is that main stat, which is not used with other stats a lot for some reason. And that, that's my main problem. And that, I, think, I think it's a fair approach. Uh, so I actually liked Babcock's comment. I think that spoke to what I was saying. Is you have to look at other things. If someone has a bad Corsi, but they're but they're suppressing shots and scoring chances, then what else do you want in a in a defenseman? What if you
1: had to if you had to look at one stat, and that stat was going to tell you there's how no, good a team there's no stat. or how good a player would play? Would that not be goals for and goals against? If it, like, why are we jumping to shots for and shots against? Wouldn't goals for and goals against be the best one stat if you could only choose one stat? Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah, I I see that to to your point, I see that a lot less. I see that used as, I mean, plus minus is essentially that, but it, it it's a little bit. I don't know. We could say even plus minus is bullshit. So then what? How is Corsi any different? Thank Why is you. Corsi any different?
2: Thank you, <laughs> thank you. That's that's one of my main concerns. Is how is plus minus right? The, the issues of plus minus yeah. are the same as Corsi.
1: I, I, I would like I would like someone who's well well rounded and analytics to explain it to me. I'm not necessarily out yeah, of yeah. out of the uh, I don't know I, I loop. See, but I see a lot. But, of,
2: I see a lot of going back and forth, and there's always a new excuse and a new opinion, and sometimes they bring in other things. I, I don't know. It's weird. There's just too much. I mean it, there there are 10 people on the ice at all times. Right. And you're going to try to attribute shots against to one guy on the ice when well, that depends on who they're playing against, who they're playing with, if they start in the offensive zone or defensive zone. I, there's so many factors. I think
1: that's why sample size is a, a big issue and that's why um a lot of times people say that oh it's coming the storm is coming because the
2: but a lot the, of times sample... the storm doesn't come. And but it is sample size, but it's also I think there's also flaws of you know someone may be utilized in a way where they they're they're, not, they're getting a hard scenario where they're more likely to have right poor course you just have who you're, you're talking
1: about quality of quality of play, right?
2: Quality of play but mostly how the coach uses you. Yeah, which It drives me insane that it. every single goddamn puppet me defenseman has a good course. I wonder why. Yeah, I, I mean <laughs> It's insane how no one talks about I that. I think
1: I think analytic junkies are now I don't call them junkies. So it, sounds, it sounds negative. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But analytics people are are now using Corsi along with quality of competition zone starts that kind of thing. I like hope that. they are.
2: I don't see it all the time.
1: Well, I, you should stop following them. <laughs>
2: <Why> I do, <laughs> okay. I, I've okay. but I, I've I w- seen it a
1: lot
0: more. Yeah, I, I hope know. so. Yeah.
2: I hope so. But did, did you did, like? Do you guys not notice the trend? If it's always the same type of defenseman who has good Corsi, it's always the the weak puck defenseman. I mean, yeah, I. I, I
1: I could see that being a trend. I didn't notice the trend, but I'm sure that is a trend. It makes it makes a lot of sense if they're getting offensive zone oh, yeah. starts, they shoot a lot, um,
2: the way they're utilized, the way they move the puck. It, it's it's basic stuff. But but the notion that you can be a, you know, it's like people don't like hard hitting shot blocking defensemen anymore. There's no reason not to. Like obviously their 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 underlying numbers will be will be worse. It's so like,
1: after all this, Aaron, are you defending Matt Hunwick and? Yes, Roman Polak. I, oh, you
2: okay, like them? Okay, no, <laughs> no. Do you want them in? No, the, let me, Do you want let, them in what, the lineup? Let me every clarify. Night. On, on, for for sure, going forward, I do not want them on this team. I, I want better defensemen. I actually don't think. I think Matt Hunwick, as a bottom pair defenseman, he, he he's solid. He gets the job done as bottom pair. You know he. Yeah, I don't know. I don't mind him too much. Roman Polak, up and down. I think it's a bit blown out of proportion. But I think they're better than like Frankie Corrado from what I've seen, or even Marincin uh, from what I've seen. But uh, I think it's blown out of proportion. I think whenever Hunwick, uh, sorry, ha- Hunwick and because of the nickname <laughs> Hunwick and Polak are on the ice and a goals against, people tweet about it. But when Gardner is on or does something wrong, no one tweets about it. It's propaganda. <laughs> it's, pro- <laughs> it's propaganda.
1: For sure. I mean, the optics the, the, factory, they, but they, get could, Gardner gets a lot of shit.
2: They, I don't, well, they could go six games without a goal against and then one goes in when they're both on the ice and all the analytics people will tweet about it. And then, you know, I, I saw there were a couple games ago, I think, you know, Gardner and Carrick had a brutal game or even last night, Gardner almost blew the game in overtime and I see nothing about it where if that was one of those guys, I'd see a thousand gifts on it and I think that's a problem. I think that that changes people's perceptions of people uh, of player uh, as players.
1: So what what defensemen are we do we like on the Leafs?
2: What defense, I I, I like uh, Riley, but he should be in a different role. I like Zaitsev. What uh,
1: what role for Riley?
2: I think he should, he should be playing with a really good defensive player. I think he's a really good number two, but he shouldn't be your first shutdown guy, on an, in an right. ideal situation.
1: Right. So that that seems like a complete miscast. It seems because. You Maybe want no him on else. a different line, in a different role.
2: No, 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 sorry, same line. I mean, number two, as in, like, oh, first number, pair. No,
1: okay, but with, a, like, a yeah. Shea Weber type, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously, I mean, obviously. That's an
2: extreme. Or, sorry, sorry, Shea Weber, according to some, isn't very good. But that, that's that, <laughs> that, that, that's an extreme. Uh, obviously, that's one of the best defensemen in the league. Hard yeah, to get that. Yeah, just that type. But, but that, 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 that type of, uh, yeah.
1: Right, and then and then you who was your next guy that you didn't mind?
2: Oh, Zaitsev. Right. That's fine. The, the, uh,
1: they're, I think... I saw something about whether it was turnovers for Zaitsev. There's something, there's something regarding Zaitsev, and they were chalking it up to him being used to play on a different ice. Is that is there any merit to that? Do you think he's gonna be better?
0: I know I thought he was pretty good so far this year,
1: to be honest. Right. I mean, he's a, he's fairly
0: quiet, which I think is good in a defenseman. Um, kind of, you know, just goes about his business, does the job. Because when you don't hear about him, it likely means. He's not making mistakes, and he's not causing problems in their own end. So I've been a big fan of Zaitsev.
1: I I think um, Zaitsev has gotten a lot of leniency, though, because people think that I mean he gets the rookie tag, even though he's not really a rookie. Um, And then he gets the international ice tag, even though I don't know how much that actually factors in. Uh, I think it would be easier to play defense on a smaller ice, to be honest. Uh, So I I think he has been getting a little bit of leeway. Um, obviously, he's being paid second second line minutes, um, and he's getting first line minutes. So he's he's playing out of his role a little bit, and I think that's the I think that's the case for all the defensemen. Is kind of why, where I was going with that. I mean, we have Hunwick, who Stern thinks he should play on the third pairing, which I think a lot of us could agree with. Polak probably more of a third pairing guy, seventh D man guy, um, and then you have Gardner, who's more of a Power play specialist, offensive zone starter. Bury
2: him on the third pairing with a great defensive defenseman. It's the only way he's fun. On on third, <laughs> with Connor Carrick. <laughs> Connor Carrick has has been struggling actually a bit too. But uh, yeah, Gardner I think is uh he's your stereotypical puck moving defenseman. Yeah, you, know, you want him quarterbacking your second unit, for, you know, probably and uh, power play unit. Yeah, with like with Riley uh, quarterbacking the first one ideally. And uh, but I think you need Gardner not doing too much defensively. You need him with a good. Solid defenseman. Um, But yeah, I just, yeah, I'm sorry. I just, some of this analytics, (laughs) we already went over, but I was watching the game a couple weeks ago. I think it was against the Habs with a bunch of people and there was someone there who I didn't know too well, but one of these analytic idiots who likes analytics. And the whole game, he's on his phone looking at charts the whole time, like quick updated analytics. Oh, God. Okay, he's looking at charts telling me who's having the best game. And he said he would not want Shea Weber on the Leafs. He said he's a negative and and he said and, he, and he's one of these Jake Gardner lovers. He says Jake Gardner's by far the best defensive defenseman on the Leafs and he's an elite defenseman. Cuz cuz the cuz the numbers tell you this. Like Right. That is borderline insanity. That's borderline insanity. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go that far either. It's it's come to the point of insanity. The, the, these people are sheeps, honestly.
1: Have you looked at the offensive zone starts for Gardner and Weber? Have you compared them?
2: No, but I, I well I think a while, a while ago I did look at Gardner who of course obviously starts a lot in the offensive zone. I don't even yeah. need to look at Weber. I know he gets well, a lot of minutes. He starts that. everywhere, but Yeah. But but it's not even but it's not even just starts. It's also just like the way it's also it's also who they play against,
1: right? I mean, Montreal the and the Leafs have a the pretty six, similar yeah. schedule, but
2: the situations they're played into. Yeah, but I don't even care about uh, I don't know. It's also just like I don't know. It's also just like the the way you play and I mean, I think Shea Weber's a phenomenal defenseman, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's uh, and anyway, this just drives me crazy. Like, well, I don't know. What do you guys think about? Uh,
1: I mean, Shea Weber or analytics?
2: Shea, uh, both. I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> some great interview. Well, well, well Jeff, you some <laughs> so, great hosting yeah, skills yeah,
2: here. Yeah, I don't know. You pick the question. <laughs> I just pre- Just answer it. No, but you, you've always seemed to.
1: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm all about. You, you- I think my stance is. Remain kind of the same. That it's all about moderation. Just, yeah. Just taking in all the information you can. Don't don't shoo it away unless it's you know it's mumbo jumbo, which I don't think a lot of these analytics are. But obviously, the game is played on ice. There there are a lot of nuances to the game. It's not. It's I think it's probably more complicated than baseball because it's, it's very continuous. Way um, more complicated. Um. So it's not as easy to mark down hits. Okay, so. All right. <laughs> Hello?
3: Hey, it's Darren Dreger.
1: Welcome to the show, Darren.
0: Welcome. Um, Sorry about that. Oh. No worries. So just for everyone who's listening, we've got Darren Dreger, TSN Insider, joining us for our final show ever of Leafs Lounge. Our first question for you. Um, so we're all in fourth year uh, university. Uh, could you provide some information on how – someone like you gets into the business of being an insider, and how you've stayed in the business for as long as you have.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, it's a long story, uh, and it's been a a long and uh, obviously an exciting path for me that dates back to the late 80s, so I'm dating myself here, but (laughs) that was back in the day when, you know, every radio station had a sports department, every local television station had a full sports department, so... Uh, I was fortunate to uh, to get in on the ground floor uh, after going to uh, a broadcast school in Saskatoon in 1986-87, and uh, I started, you know, again, very low-key in a small-town radio station in Saskatchewan where I did news and sports uh, radio broadcasts. Uh, I worked up to... Uh, Brandon Manitoba and uh, became sports director of a radio station there and also did play-by-play for the Brandon Wheat Kings, uh, who at the time had, you know, Kevin Sheveldayoff as the captain of the Brandon Wheatkings. and he, of course, now is the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets. Mm-hmm. You know, Wade Redden was on that team, and he had a great NHL career. Um, Chris Stingman, Colin Cloutier, there was a number of NHL players uh, that, you know, kind of went through the Brandon Wheatkings during my time and, and stay there, so... You know, those are relationships that uh, you hold on to. Uh, I, you know, inevitably moved into television, worked at CTV Winnipeg for a number of years and covered the Winnipeg Jets before they left to go to uh, the Phoenix and become the Phoenix Coyotes. And again, uh, developed a number of relationships and NHL contacts through, you know, that uh, scenario. Moved to Edmonton in 1997 98, hosted the Edmonton Oilers Games for a startup station called a channel uh, and again introduced myself to a number of you know nhl people through that season of travel and then got hired in uh, toronto in 1998 when sportsnet first signed on as the national sports network and i was hired as its national host and you know from that point to now you know that's uh, that's a long time ago <laughs> you know, we're pushing we're pushing 20 years it's 18 years but I've uh, met a ton of people since then as well at varying levels of ownership to obviously the commissioner's office, to the National Hockey League, to the head honchos of the Players Association and many international contacts as well.
2: So obviously you're known as a, as a deal breaker. So do you remember like the very first time you got a scoop? Like your very first scoop? Uh, you know, I don't. Not really <laughs> the first
1: one. Uh, I can remember... The biggest you know, first one. one. And uh, in fact, it was
2: Joe Thornton getting traded from the Boston Bruins mm. oh, well. to the uh, San Jose Sharks. And I can tell the story
3: now because uh, sadly the man passed on and that was John Ferguson senior. He was working with the San Jose Sharks at the time. And I'd been working on a story with him unrelated, you know, probably looking back at you know the Montreal Canadians or the Winnipeg Jets or whatever. And, you know, I, I had heard rumblings that the Sharks had some interest in Thornton, uh, so I connected with him, and, you know, he thought that there was something to it, but, you know, he wasn't necessarily in the hour-by-hour the hour watch, but it was maybe a day or two later where he reached out to me and said, uh, hey, you, not only are you on to something here, but it just happened. Uh, and I can tell you, I mean, that was my first major trade break, And I've never been more nervous professionally in my life because, you know, that was well before Twitter and social media. And, you know, I had nothing but the utmost respect for Bob McKenzie, who is a trailblazer. And, I mean, he was the trade breaker and and in many respects still is today. But, I mean, Bob didn't have it. No one else had it. And here I am, this snot-nosed, you know, young network uh, host who's trying to morph into a newsbreaker, you know, breaking his big trade and I was terrified. What am I what if I'm wrong? But I had it from such a good source and in fact I had it from a couple of sources. And as luck would have it, you know, my information was correct and turned out to be a huge story and as we know, Joe Thornton is still with the San Jose Sharks. <laughs>
2: but what was different, like, but before Twitter with, with breaking trades? How would that work? Like, that would just be released as, like, a breaking alert on the TSN ticker? Like, how would that work before Twitter with breaking deals?
3: Yeah, you know what? You now you're aging yourself. that's how <laughs> young you are. Uh, no, you know what? You know, back in the day, as I like to call it, there were varying ways to do it. You know, Bob and I always joke, uh, the trifecta was breaking a trade or breaking a big news story on uh, the website, tsn.ca, going to radio, breaking it there, (laughs) excuse me, or, and then ultimately getting on uh, SportsCenter on television and and breaking it there. So, you know, you can only break it once, and that was obviously on the website, but, you know, for a number of different reasons, there were times where your competitors couldn't, uh, you know, they couldn't confirm something, so you'd get it on the website, you'd get it on a radio, and then you'd break it on television before
1: anyone could catch up to you. So, so Jeffrey here, um, you you kind of touched on it, um, kind of your your nervousness about breaking a trade. I don't think, or a fake trade, maybe. I don't think um, nowadays people are too worried about breaking fake trades. Uh, I think that there are a lot of rumors out there, kind of clickbaity rumors. Uh, I, I'm I'm wondering how do you compete with fake trade rumors. Obviously, you're very credible and you're not going to do that. And and how do you react to a completely or how do you react to something you think is completely fabricated in the, the rumor department?
3: Yeah, well, look, I, I mean, I kind of stopped chasing that a long time ago because you could do it day by day, right? I mean, there's always somebody out there who, who you know, thinks they're connected to someone or they have a piece of information, uh, you know, that, is is interesting to the hockey world sometimes it is oftentimes it isn't because it's so ridiculous um when it when it is interesting of course you have to do your due diligence and you know you pick up a phone or you send text message to the general manager or general managers you know purportedly involved and you uh, either verify or you debunk and i won't often engage i mean if if somebody tweets something that's just flat out wrong chances are I'm not going to correct it, you know, unless the team, you know, wants me to to shut it down. And that does happen from time to time, you know, because it involves a specific player or whatever, and they just don't want to have to deal with the nonsense. But, you know, it's it's getting less and less, uh, which is a good thing. We don't have have to deal with that, you know, as often as we once did. And, you know, the fact that, like, I only deal with Twitter in terms of social media and news breaking in that regard. Right. And I think anybody who knows anything about social media and has followed me on Twitter knows that you know the verified account is verified for a reason. <laughs> and yes, there are aliases out there and all of that. But you know if their accounts aren't
1: verified or they have fifty followers, chances are that's not me. Right. <laughs> you, you you touched on a little bit um, the fact that GMs will contact you to debunk certain trade rumors because that's of a benefit to you. Um, why else may a GM talk to you not not to sound rude but like why would a GM want uh, rumors to be out there about about their players is there, um, is there an example of, of like how it would be a benefit to a GM
3: no not really and then keep in mind you know breaking trades uh, or firings or signings or any of that is just a part of what we do uh, you know for example today you know, I'm on the bath hockey desk with Gino Retta and Dave Reed. And, you know, unless something happens in the next five hours, you know, I'm not breaking news or I'm not breaking a trade. What I'm doing is taking the viewer inside certain stories, inside, you know, the story of the Florida Panthers and what's going on there as they take on the Winnipeg Jets, uh, things like that. But on occasion, uh, you will get, you know, a manager. And then rarely is, is the situation where they pick up the phone and call us to say, can you sort of float this guy's name out there? That, that almost right. never happens. But, you know, we deal with general managers on a day-by-day basis just based on background and, and making sure we know what we're talking about when we go <laughs> to air or when we tweet something. And, you know, uh, I'll ask, I'll say, hey, you know, it's pretty slow around the NHL right now in terms of trade activity and whatnot. Are you hearing anything? Or, you know, is there somebody that you might consider moving? Well, you know, we're looking for a top-four defenseman. Um, you know, this right. guy's name has been kind of out there.
1: I'm not shopping him, but would I consider trading him if the right piece came back? Yes, I would. So right. that's kind of a back and forth that happened. Okay.
0: So after all, this is a Leafs show. Um, how would you describe an overall assessment of how the Leafs have played so far this season?
3: Uh, you know what? I would say predictably, uh, but you know, maybe even a bit above average in that sense. Uh, I think that everyone expected that the Toronto Maple Leafs were going to be a better team. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt of that. How how could they be worse than what they were last year? Uh, And they they needed to take it in the teeth last year in the fashion that they did. Otherwise, they they don't land Austin Matthews. It's that simple. Uh, So, you know, this is really, for me, year one of the rebuild of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I don't believe they're going to make the playoffs, but I think that they're going to keep it interesting. And... So next year, then they'll make an improvement, and then maybe they do get into the playoffs next year. And then year three of the rebuild, you know, now they're they're a team that's ready to push. And who knows? You know, maybe even contend for the Eastern Conference. It's possible, uh, somewhat unlikely, given you know how patient you have to be in the development of young players. But I think this team is pretty much exactly where I thought they'd be. So
0: you touched on improvement and development a lot. Um, as someone who spends a lot of time around. The Leafs team, the dressing room, things like that. How would you describe Mike Babcock's effect on the roster? Well,
3: he has considerable influence. Uh, You know, the work ethic of the team, uh, everything about it, the defensive structure of the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, you know, how he uses certain players, you know, Matt Hunwick or Marinson as an example, you know, the hardworking guys like uh, Connor Brown or Zach Hyman. I mean, those heart and soul type of guys Babcock loves. But he also understands and has a deep appreciation for how you have to have balance, how you need to have elite skilled players to make it work, to have success. And, you know, I'm sure he can see that in in Austin Matthews and in, you know, Nylander and and Mitch Marner and and go down the list. Uh, So, you know, I think that, you know, he's very honest and realistic with what he has right now. And I know because I talk to Mike often enough, that uh, he likes this group. You know, he loves this group. He sees great things. But he also knows that, you know, they need some other pieces to turn this team ultimately into a Stanley Cup contender.
2: Yeah, speaking of other pieces, like, obviously, you look at the Leafs. They have a good coach. They have a solid goaltender, it looks like, in Anderson. Solid forward. So, obviously, everyone talks about the D. We need some D. In your opinion, like, what is the best way of the Leafs going about that? Is it in the, in the upcoming draft? Is it free agency? Is it a trade? I know there, there were some rumblings about uh, Dougie Hamilton, but in your opinion, what is the best way for the Leafs to finally get some good uh, defensemen in here? Yeah,
3: I mean, the best way is to draft uh, because it's the least expensive in terms of you know what you have to give up in the form of assets. You know, The Toronto Maple Leafs could afford just about any player when you push aside a salary cap, um, but you know, if there's an appetite for a player, you find a way to, to make it work from a cap perspective. Um, but you know, to, to draft the defenseman and be patient, as they've been with, say, Morgan Riley, and as they'll continue to be with Zaitsev, you know, that also takes some time. Uh, so, you know, Toronto's in a place now where, you know, they like what they have, but they know that they're going to have to add a piece. So I, I'd be surprised if they didn't try and add that piece using some of their assets uh, via trade or, in unrestricted free agency, they try and sign one, but uh, you know Lou Lamoriello is a very experienced and and can be an aggressive general manager. And if the right defenseman surfaces, then he's going to make a play. The problem that you have though when try it's like trying to land a a top notch goaltender. Everybody wants that player, and and everybody wants a, a top four defenseman. Eiserman and the Tampa Bay Lightning have been looking for one forever. So is Colorado. They're incredibly hard to find. So. You know, Lammarello is going to have to be patient, and in the meantime, hope that what he has internally continues to
1: develop. You, you touched on the uh, the ability of Mike Babcock and, um, I guess, the effectiveness of Lou Lamarello. I'm wondering, uh, in your 20-year uh, career or plus, um, where does this Leaf team rank in that department um, over the last, you know, I'm thinking like the Gilmore era and the uh, Sundin era, where, where does this rank uh, next to those eras?
3: In in terms of,
1: Uh, I I think yeah, in terms of competitiveness and maybe just organizationally.
3: Yeah, look, I you know I wasn't around you know during the Gilmore era. I mean, I was in Winnipeg and I covered the Toronto Maple Leafs any time they came into town. Um, I think, (coughs) excuse me, I'm battling cold. I think that uh, this organization finally figured it out Uh, in in terms of. You know, you can't build on the fly. It's really, really difficult. San Jose might be the lone exception to that rule where, you know, they've managed to, to bridge that gap between young and old and, and they found balance, which, you know, was exemplified in their trip to the Stanley Cup final last year. Right. But Toronto needed to, to take it right down to the wood, an old Western Canadian thing. and the way that you do that is, you know, you, you get rid of all of the assets that you don't see being part of the future of the club. And, you know, even though it hurts a little bit and moving a Phil Kessel, you, you get excellent return and utilize those pieces, you know, to, to draft and, you know, maybe bring in others to uh, develop through your American League system. But the key word in all of this is you have to be patient. You can't expedite the process. And I, I think that this curve regime in Toronto is maybe unique in that. I'm not saying that others haven't tried. I know Dave Nonas has an example. He, well, he pitched that message. He wanted to do this when he was assisting Brian Burke, and yeah. Burke didn't think that that was the right way to go. Maybe Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, the ownership board, didn't want to do that. Um, but finally, you know, after you know years of preaching, somebody listened, and <laughs> Shanahan was able to uh, to get the message through. And uh, obviously, Lou Amarillo embraces you know what they're trying to do in a slow and methodical process, and. You know, whether or not it pays off in the long term, we'll see, but they're certainly on the right path.
0: So, one more question before we let you go. So, Mike Babcock, a lot in his press conferences this year, has talked about after a poor performance saying things are unleaf like. How have you noticed uh, the culture change in terms of the Leafs' locker room, how the players? Uh, go about their business, how has that changed this year and the start of last year compared to maybe five years ago, ten years ago, of what it means to be a Leaf?
3: Right. Well, I mean, there is a different culture. I think that for the most part, and I'm not in that room every single day, but for the most part, everyone is on the same page, I believe, uh, from a player perspective. And they're all pulling in the same direction, which is key. Uh, you know, you're going to have unique personalities and they're not going to love each other every second of every day that they spend together, but they know what individually their assignment is, what the role is, and collectively what the goal is. And, you know, that's to do exactly what I said, continue to work together in the same direction and recognize that because of the youth of this team, you know, there is going to be some growing pains that go along with these younger players, the rookies. But you manage through that. And you encourage them if you're a veteran player, have a bit more experience, because you, know, you have to allow certain players to make mistakes at the NHL level so they can le- learn from them. And that's why, you know, recently you saw Nylander demoted to the fourth line, and then you saw Miner demoted to the fourth line. Well, that's Mike Babcock sending a very clear message to these players. It doesn't matter if it's one shift in a game or it's a practice. Or maybe you take a drill off, you're not working as hard as you have to. He's teaching these guys how to be pros so that when they're ready in a couple of years from now, they're capable of being the elite players that they have the potential to be.
0: All right. Um, We know you're really busy, so we really appreciate you taking time to speak with us today.
3: Hey, my pleasure, guys. uh, Look, congratulations on your run at Ryerson (laughs) and (laughs) all the best as
2: you... uh, Head into the new and tough world of uh, sports journalism. Good luck. Yeah, thanks, Darren. Thanks. You're, thanks. Someone, you're someone we all look up to. We really appreciate you coming on. You bet. My pleasure. All right. Thanks a all lot, right. Darren. Have a good one.
1: So that was the
2: definitive Darren Dreger <laughs> Was that interview. him? Was that him? <laughs> I think it was an imposter. <laughs> no, that was awesome. He, that that he, was amazing. He, he, what a legend that man is, Honestly. And people take shots at people, when you know, or or if they don't report the right thing and stuff. But what a kind professional. Took 20 minutes of his day. 20 plus minutes of his day. And he spoke like he would speak on TSN or any network. Like, he was passionate, even though I'm sure he knows no one's going to listen to this. Um, (laughs) He could give up a little more dirt because (laughs) no one's going to listen to (laughs) this. (laughs) What? With what? No, no. Oh, 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 (laughs) sorry. Um, But anyway... Uh, yeah, that was awesome. Those are great answers. Yeah, great answers, and very nice of him to uh, oh, for sure to come on and to speak so. Uh, and what impressed me, it just shows you know, how long he's been in the business and how passionate he still is. Like it sounded like he he would have kept going another twenty. You know, if oh, we didn't stop sure. him. Like he'd just love to talk hockey for sure. Um, and, awesome.
1: and and ov- obviously hearing uh, how he got here, you 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 just like. He had a lot of jobs long yeah. journey, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure, so, um, all the other aspiring sports media people who listen to this, um,
0: it doesn't happen overnight,
1: yeah, not at all and Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it might happen differently with uh how social media is obviously that didn't really factor into his career as much, but you you have to work
2: he had to learn it right yeah. for sure I mean, that know. was great, thank you, Aaron Greenfield for getting him on there no oh, yeah Aaron's a go getter <laughs> he got him, he got him, um but uh. Yeah, that was great.
1: Yeah, so if uh, you were listening for the Darren Drager podcast, or podcast, the Darren Drager interview, you can now turn us off. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Unless you want, this is where the good stuff happens. Yeah. This is uh,
1: the really
0: good stuff. We're going to talk about Matthews versus Line A for three hours.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Um, I mean, you could read about it for three hours, the way the media has been uh, yeah. just ta- attacking this topic it's it's what? a little bit ridiculous I, I assume we all have the same stance but we can uh, get into it
2: well but well yeah, we're all gonna have yeah, the same we but but th- was there anything Dreger said that you guys found uh, okay. that really <laughs> sorry no <laughs> no no we can get into matthew's line i just you know he's obviously had a great guest uh... i just thought his journey to get here yeah you know, I,
0: I didn't realize it took that long
2: yeah, I didn't know he was yeah. a host either. You,
1: you you don't you don't get that kind of information on Wikipedia about <laughs> oh, someone's absolutely career. Absolutely not. I probably <laughs> should have looked that up. <laughs> oh, I I looked it looked it up. It, it was not that long, and I think that's kind of the beauty of uh, actually talking to someone rather than just Googling their name. Um, yeah, but I, I I think I think. One of the interesting things was what he said about Dave Nonus and kind of his. I mean, he, there was a little hint about it. Obviously, you'd like to get into that relationship a little bit more. I think GMs are a fascinating thing, at least for me. But he he, he said that Nonus was trying to do something different than uh, Burke. Did you did you guys see that in Nonus's short short tenure here? Do you? I mean,
0: I can definitely believe it that do you he thi- would have had a different opinion, wanted to do a different way. Yeah. But just didn't have the power or for the sure. ability right. to, you know, take control. When for you sure.
2: when you have two guys who have worked in hockey a long time, you're you're never gonna think the same way. The Leafs now, I mean, the way mm-hmm. Lamorello, Dubas, Shannon, whatever Hunter, I'm sure, right? You you have to compromise, but everyone has a different right. opinion. So for sure, I can imagine there may have been some. Mm-hmm. Ish- I th-
1: I ish- think um, I mean even just joining the Leafs because he, Darren mentioned that. Um, there might have been issues with management as well and how manage or not man- ownership how they might have gone forward i think that might have uh thrown a throw i don't even know, throw thrown a, a wrench gr- yeah a wrench a curveball. And- yeah yeah all these all these metaphors <laughs> thrown a wrench in kind of uh known as his career because i mean he's still working but he's not really in personnel GMing.
0: it can damage your reputation yeah. completely well, and
1: I, I think it's been a lot really damaged um if you look at the kind of the criticism on social media i mean there's some Uh, from professional broadcasters but I think that they're a little more tame in what they can say and probably know a little more uh, have a little more perspective on it but I think I think just him telling us that is is really informative it gives everyone kind of a understanding of how Nones was uh, restricted and and on the flip side of that how vital Brendan Shanahan was to changing this team around he I, I don't know why ownership felt like they could listen to Shanahan, who's had no experience really in this field, as opposed to Nonis, who has a, lots of experience. But um, it seemed like ownership was just, you know.
2: I think at that point, though, I think Shanahan got lucky that when it was his turn, it was like, okay, enough is enough. Like, how many more times can we go through this? Right. And fans were getting fed up. It got really. It bad got really, right really before bad before he took over. It was like it was
0: w- probably one of the worst I've ever seen.
2: You would have to like, you have to be crazy to, uh, to to not realize like, there's no way we can win. You know, we can't do this again by like trading for veterans and like we got to do this the right way but but let me just play dell's advocate i'm sure i mean gms have been restricted in toronto they felt they had to win now i actually think burke he may have actually himself not believed in rebuilding though i think he actually wanted to do a speedy rebuild himself but other gms like dave Notis, john ferguson jr were restricted um a little bit from management who did not want to rebuild in any sort right. but in all fairness for the other side of it dave Notis also did make a lot of poor decisions and how he went about doing a non-rebuild, right? Even mm-hmm. though it's hard to do, he still made what, a lot what of... What
1: were some of... of those poor decisions?
2: Well, obviously, Clarkson off the top of my head. Um, Clarkson not uh, re-sounding maybe, or Grabowski, and, yeah, right. going after Clarkson. Uh... What was the other, what was the big thing? Well, I personally, whatever, I personally didn't like bringing in Bernier when Reimer had a lot of confidence uh, right. and proved himself. Anyway, so there were some poor decisions. Mm-hmm. A lot of, I'm sure there was some draft, maybe some draft issues there. I don't know. He also did some good things in the draft, but. Of course. yeah. But uh, yeah, but uh, interesting.
1: Did, did you take anything away from that, Stern? Like what was your, from the interview, for, from Darren's interview, what was your big takeaway?
2: Yeah, I mean to be honest, like we asked pretty basic questions where you kind of know generally what the answers are going to be, but we just like to hear the insiders say it. But I thought the interesting stuff, yeah, like you guys mentioned, I think Greenfield mentioned or maybe you, Jeff, was yeah, like just like the 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 journey kind of because I didn't know all that of right, you know, and it was inter- just to hear how nervous he was. But but as I said, right when the interview ended, um, the thing I actually noticed the most was just his passion when he was talking, and how he just treated it like it was. Yeah. Any other any interview, and he was just he was willing to talk for as long as he wanted, and gave good insight, and I was very impressed. I think
0: you need that to be able to stick around that long, because people can
2: see through if
0: you're not passionate and you're not, you know, giving good answers. You're just giving the lazy take. Yeah. But the ones who have stuck around as long as they have, you can tell
2: why. Well, they want to talk twenty four seven, of course, and and battling a cold, and he's still and he's still so
1: very good, very good stuff. Very good. Retrospect. Very good. Just like Austin Matthews and Patrick Line. <laughs> there we go. It's time. Um, the big debate, the big media debate about who should have gone number one overall. Can we get a who should have gone number one overall from Aaron Stern?
2: Well, I mean, Line has more goals. So, end of oh. story. <laughs> okay. End <laughs> of story. The, the debate. Why watch? Why even pay attention? <laughs> he has more goals 25 games in. So, uh, Close up shop, folks. Uh, line A for uh, the heart trophy. So,
0: what what <laughs> yeah. bothered me is. Let uh, me
2: just clarify I was joking for anyone that's smashing their computer right now. <laughs> hey, go, go, go ahead, Greenfield.
0: I don't mind the articles that say who should have gone number one. Because I do. I do. Just because I I understand it, they, I don't. In in draft years where there are two players, it's it's one of those bar debates. You're in, you know you get you it's talk the- for hours about who should have gone number one, which player is better. I don't like the articles that are which player is going to be better when he retires because they played like twenty games. Like can they calm down about
1: those ones? I agree. One is worse, or yeah, one is worse than the other. But I don't. I, I think it's too clickbaity to like either um to to give it any credibility of i like that i mean i could see the motivation for it but i think you kind of argued against yourself it's a a bar conversation i mean if you're going to be a reporter and and that's the route you're going just hang out with your friends man
2: well i was gonna say we shouldn't uh you know everyone has the right obviously to an opinion and sometimes teams do make mistakes sometimes Bad players go first overall. Uh, Patrick Stefan, Alexander D'Agla, rare exceptions, but it happens. So, of course, you're allowed to say number two is better than number one. Um, when it makes sense, though, I mean, you can tell when it's close and this and that. In this Matthews line A situation, if you've actually been watching and watching both of them, I do think it's pure clickbait, pure bar talk, if you're actually putting it in an article that says line A is going to be better in the end. Come on, you don't know that. Well, first of all, I think it's wrong. Second of all, you don't know that. I think it's pure clickbait mumbo-jumbo.
0: And third of all, it doesn't matter because both players were taken for the teams that needed that player the more, you know? For sure. Like, the Leafs needed a center no matter what. There would have been riots, even if Line has 17 goals this year, whatever it is. Which he wouldn't have. Because they still don't... Yeah, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't because have they don't that. have a center. Right. They, they need that center. Kadri not a number one center, yeah. I'm sorry. And... <laughs> He's, some, needed, he's not an elite center. I would needed, say he could be a number one center. They needed Matthews for the long term to eventually become the team's
2: number one yeah. center. End of story. We need a number one center. Number and one Line
0: one. is succeeding because Mark Scheifele is turning into a number one center. Yeah. And I mean, he's getting all his goals that way.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Linea he would have been... I, I hate to talk about this, but I'm sure he would have been fine on the leaf. He still would have gotten of course. goals. I, I know I bring up a lot, but as much as people bash Bozak, he actually seems to be a pretty good passer in terms of... You know, we saw with Kessel, Marner for the most part of the year... He does get you the puck. Um, so I'm sure Line A still would have had some goals. Not as many as now. But, but as uh, we've
0: seen with Phil Kessel, goals won't win you games. No.
2: Well, yeah. So that's, that's the issue is when people just talk about goals. First of all, Laine's played more games, think four or five more games. Uh, it's 17 to 13 in goals if you're just going by goals. Um, I saw analytics people were saying that Matthews actually has more goals per 60. So that's, that's not even an advanced stat, but it's just... What about expected <laughs> goals? I don't want to get into that. <laughs> Nazem Qadri, four 4,000 expected goals. None, none of them coming. But, uh, so, <laughs> so... So, uh, the... Uh, anyway, it's... Uh, yeah, that's... So, Matthews, he, he's, he's around him. He's keeping up-ish with the goal scoring. But then in every other way of the game, skating, stick handling, passing, defensive play... Face-offs, because Line doesn't take face-offs. More important position, Matthews blows him out of the water defensively, and Matthews is going to get so much better. I've already even noticed in more recent games, Matthews looking great defensively in some parts of the game. Well, Liney
1: will get better, too, not to...
2: He'll get better, but I don't ever think he'll be known as a good defensive player. I think Matthews no, will be known as a two-way...
1: Liney might be one of the more prolific scorers of this generation. Though, For sure. Which... But has but to be it, said.
2: But it, one dimensional. Uh, it's not even close. So, goal scoring, Matthews is, is around him, as at least he's showing right now. And right. then everything else, Ma- Matthews dominates him in the water. Keep in mind, Matthews playing with two rookies also, Line A with two amazing players. It's yes. not even close. I'd
1: also, <laughs> yeah. Also, um, I think the, the goals per 60 has to do with the fact that Line A is consistently playing on the first line. Um, so, he has more ice time that way, Also, obviously, teammates are really good, a lot of power play time, um, I mean, he has the skill, there's no denying that, but yeah. it's one-dimensional, and, I mean, he's lucky that that one-dimensional he's really good is the most important dimension, but, and the easiest to measure, and that's why these arguments are happening, but there's a lot that you can't measure yeah. that Austin Matthews is going. Close the debate, it's done, mic drop, it's over, it's over, a few more.
0: so, speaking of, uh, scoring, the Leafs have struggled in terms of scoring just because they've averaged 30, 40, 50 shots the past week and a half to two weeks, have struggled to actually convert on those chances, and they've lost a bunch of hockey games because of that. I don't know if it's because the goalie just gets hot at the right time or if they're missing a piece up front. Of course, this roster isn't complete for when they're supposed to compete, but do you, what do you think is missing...
1: Uh, to not get in the defense debate again, I think just maybe time. They just need... I mean, I, I say not the defense because we've beat it to death. <laughs> and uh, I, I think, yeah, I think just with a lo- with a year, year and a half, um, a lot of these things they're going to figure out. Um, obviously, gonna, a lot of the players are going to get better, uh, more chemistry. I mean, I, I, th- I think time is going to be a huge advantage for this team. There's... Um, they're not rushing by any means obviously so
2: yeah but but saying that I don't want to I don't want to attack your your point but the overall if you were to sort goals for the leafs have got to be up there right like I, I don't want to overreact to any team right we see this in any, any team any season you're going to go through slumps of less winning less scoring even the best team in the league I'm sure will go through a stretch where they don't score as much so I don't want to chalk up the recent week or two cuz overall They've done a really good job scoring, and their offense is probably the strongest suit, right? They got a—it's pretty impressive when you look at it. With obviously Matthews, Marner, Nylander. but then a lot of secondary scoring with Bozak, JVR, Kadri, its pretty good. Um, I have no problem with the offense. Recently, what's happened? I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, how many? Well, what happened last game? We got. Uh, they had 30-plus shots and yeah. only two goals. Two goals. Well, yeah, the Three, one, the one but dislodged. one was disallowed. Yeah. So I, I personally don't think it's a huge concern because overall scoring has actually been a strong suit. Um, I think I think the scoring will, will come again. One thing that I've noticed, though, it seems to be that it's either the Bozak line is going or the Matthews line is going. But we don't get them at the same time, the same game. Uh, a, if Maybe
1: it, time, uh, like... Uh ice time restrictions kind of or just, like a matchup thing yeah, teams are deciding to match yeah. up against either or
2: maybe it's matchups i feel like it's either one or the other it's either that line it's one of the two lines is producing all the scoring for that game it's weird but uh yeah i think hopefully we can keep this core together because the cap yeah, obviously gets annoying but our, i think our offense is pretty of course more additions will happen but it's pretty good like it's pretty solid because the rookies are all just going to get better <coughs> so it's pretty good the offense it's just the D that we need to uh, really fix. So one criticism of the
0: team from a lot of your friends on the Twitter, uh, is I don't the, think Aaron Stern has friends on Twitter. I have no friends he on hates Twitter. everyone on Twitter. That's, that's the point. <laughs> uh, is the fourth line and its lack of production. Do you like where the team is headed in terms of where their fourth line what their fourth line looks like? Do you think there needs to be more scoring ability no. on the fourth line. I don't think most teams have scoring ability on their fourth lines.
2: I think the problem is, I think in general, and I think people get frustrated. They say, why not just have four scoring lines? And it does kind of make sense. The problem is when you're as bad, when your problem is defense, not offense in general, you don't want to add, right? Like how much more scoring can you actually get on the fourth line? Whereas Babcock, he needs those guys there for like the PK. Like he he... He went nuts. The one game he couldn't put Ben Smith in because he said they sucked on the PK. They weren't winning faceoffs on the PK. So I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't yeah. think it's a big deal. The whole fourth line thing. I I, 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 I think they've been pretty good actually. Soshnikov creates some stuff on there. How much do you expect the fourth line to do? You there, know? There's,
1: there's a lot of issues with making your fourth line a scoring line. Uh, I would say eventually it'll cost too much. Um, you'll have to revamp that whole line. Um, you just. Scorers cost the most money also like Aaron Stern said you need defense Mostly scores aren't also really good defensively. I mean that oh, yeah. player is rare And if you can find three of those they're probably not going on your fourth line. So um, I think just having Players with hockey relevant skills on your fourth line is really necessary So oh, yeah. if that's you know Ben Smith, he's really good at faceoffs. You have a really defensive minded player on your fourth line maybe an enforcer Honestly, I don't think the Leafs' fourth line is. I mean, it's interesting to discuss lineups always, but um, I don't know if it's a concern necessarily. Um, obviously, they could find better people. Maybe they could find a better Ben Smith or a better, yeah. um, you know, a better defensively minded player.
0: And so, to go with that, a lot of criticism went into the treatment and use of Peter Holland, who eventually was dealt away. <laughs> is he? Cons- would you consider him an upgrade on Ben Smith or no?
2: He's he's a better offensive player, but maybe. In but our, overall, as a player yeah, for the fourth line for the Leafs, no, he's not an upgrade. It's not worth the the sacrifice. Yeah,
1: I think I think the Leafs better as a team are are, are better as a team actually. And um, like I said it earlier, I just don't think they need another score on the fourth line. That they need to cover all areas of the ice and. Yeah, you know, no one's
2: denying. That. Like even Babcock said, you know, we know Peter Holland has capability. We we believe he'll find success somewhere else. I mean. At the end of the day, Peter Holland's not very effective playing like 10 minutes on the fourth line. You'd rather have a defensive player there. And the the reality is the Leafs actually have some good offense now, and there was no room for him in the top six or anything like that. There's room for him in Arizona to actually play in an offensive role. You're not going to sit whatever. It
1: it would have been nice to see how he would have done in Bozak's role, Um, but, I I mean, you don't really have the opportunity to do that. I mean, he would be a really cheap Bozak. like he's probably like a quarter of the price i'm not exactly sure the contracts but i think that would have been nice to see if you could have worked it without losing games and the media jumping on that and harping on bozak i don't know i i think there there was some offensive opportunity for holland if another player were to go like bozak
2: yeah if someone else went i mean but you don't want to mess yeah. with that chemistry yeah i mean that, that line obviously has been good in the, for the most part but so so the, there's just no room but it happens. There always seems to be an overreaction with these weird little things. Another they, weird thing
0: uh, is holding leads, the Leafs' ability yes. to
2: hold leads.
0: Why do you think they struggle? Is it just youth? Is it defense? Is it a combination
2: of things? Well, I think it's mainly defense. I think I think when it's time to bear down and hold the lead and just play pure defensively, when yep. I mean, you're not pushing the pace because we have a bunch of puckering defensemen. Uh, um, he, says, it, we, he says with animosity. Because we, we, <laughs> well, we need some goddamn defensemen in here. We, we struggle playing defense. Yeah. We need guys that can play defense. And guy and, and may seem crazy, but you're allowed to hit. You're allowed to block shots. We, we need guys that can play defense. That's what we need, who can bear down and, and hold the lead. It's it's tough when when you're playing a defensive style, sending one man in, and they keep coming in your end, and they're cycling, and you have Jake Gardner down there uh, pulling his head out of, out of his ass, and you're just cycling because these guys are too weak, and they it, it, it's tough. Right. Connor Carrick, these guys are all really small. Morgan Riley is your number one shutdown guy. It's it's tough.
1: Well, while I agree with Aaron. I'll take a different <laughs> angle from this just because, again, I don't want to beat down the, the whole defensive train again. But uh, I, I would say that they have to change up their play style instead of doing this one-man-in thing because you can't have waves after waves coming at Matt Hunwick and Roman Polak or Jake Gardner or pick your defenseman because they they just they're gonna screw up eventually you need the possession numbers and that's the leaf strength you got to play possession who cares if you're up by four goals go into the offensive zone play the possession you know I, I like i just you just gotta play to your strengths and and i think when they're up by four goals they're not playing to their strengths anymore instead they're playing to the scoreboard and it's just it doesn't work for them
0: that, yeah that's what i noticed too they'll play a good 55 52 50-55 minute game, and in the last five minutes, they almost changed their style yeah. and let the other team come back. And
2: yeah, but I think a lot of it is mental, and some of it is youth, just because Babcock has actually specifically said like we have to keep our foot on the gas, we have to like don't even think like you're up, just keep playing. So he has said what we're saying now. Right. But I think it's natural that when you're up two or something. But it also, it is the right thing to do when you're when you have a lead. When you're when you're actually a good team, you don't take as many risks, right? You do play more defensive, like you have to a little bit. You're not as risky when you're up. But I think the Leafs really struggle with that. I think when they try to be a little more conservative, they do struggle. Um, it's just tough because you don't want to take risks because then when you make a mistake, you get attacked because you're up. And yeah, but but uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough. They they, they got to keep the pace going and. Uh, they got to figure it out because it's it's been a big issue. I saw today that the Leafs, if there was a after forty minutes standings, like how, like if you were to, to end <laughs> game, up. yeah, if you were to do <laughs> yeah, if you were to no, it's interesting if you were to do games if every game this year was just forty minutes, the Leafs would be in first place in the NHL.
1: Wow, it's pretty crazy. What, what place would they be in if you only played the third
2: period? Probably last. <laughs> <laughs> and There's this something. is why the Leafs have a fifty-year-long cup drought. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they got to figure that out. Um, just keep playing, and uh, right. Yeah.
1: Um, what are the odds the Leafs make the playoffs? I Give say pretty odds. low,
0: just because I think they're already pretty far back for how often this team does actually seal the deal and win a game. Yeah, they're playing well. Yes, um, could they win around? Probably they could sneak a sneak a win in there, right? Like a series win. I, I don't see why not. They're playing but well. Y- will they make it there? Will they make it there? No, I don't. I think they already set themselves far back, and the teams that have playoff spots are playing well enough right. and consistent enough that they won't fall back.
2: I think it's a little too early to say that. To say they're already like out of it, but like, I, I don't. I mean, I think we all said at the beginning that we did not think they would make the playoffs. Saying that, I mean, as of now, obviously it looks like a pipe dream, but yeah, it's annoying because I feel like it, I keep feeling it's coming and it still doesn't come. But the Leafs, I feel like they're due for a streak of like accumulating a lot of points, yeah, and and like going on a nice run. Um, it it feels like it's coming and it's been disappointing because it hasn't come yet, but I feel like they're due for one of those. Um, and one of those would put them right back in there. It's crazy how close the standings are. You win three or four, it's a whole new story. Um it's For sure.
1: Uh and, and you look at where Pittsburgh was last year. Yeah. S- similar boat, not that leafs are Pittsburgh no. <laughs> of last year. Um, but I think it can happen is mathematically it can happen and it has it does happen. Pretty much every year one team does it. So Yeah. It's not it's not out of the uh, the realm of possibility. Well, it's, it's not
2: even in miracle zone right now. They just gotta win like three in a row right now and they'll be right back in it. Yeah. But it's like but I think speaking of that run, people have been a little disappointed this week. I think I thought maybe it would come. It was a huge missed opportunity losing that Avalanche game and then losing that San Jose game when you're up 2 nothing.
0: Because that's two wins right there. Two right? wins right
2: there. Yeah. And we have a five. That was the beginning of a five game homestand, the Avalanche game. Huge missed opportunity so far. So hopefully we can.
1: Yeah, I didn't think they were going to win that Avalanche game after that and losing 10 1. There's not you, a chance.
2: You, you I, had a feeling. Yeah. I, I did too, yeah. You had a feeling, but then we played amazing. But we should speak because it is interesting and I don't want to get into analytics and stuff like that because I, I do obviously agree that you always want more shots. But I saw some crazy stat on like the Leafs much higher winning percentage when they get out shot. It was something like they're like eight and four when they get out shot and then like. I don't know, like three and seven when they outshoot the other team, which is. Interesting. I think that'll even yeah.
0: itself out though over a longer period.
2: Because yeah. then I saw some people saying, which kind of goes against analytics, but it was actually analytics people saying this. But they're saying when you're trailing, you shoot a lot more, mm-hmm. right? So that also kind of goes against.
1: I mean, yeah, that, that that seems like a fair argument, but I I feel like that trailing stat is probably more when you're down by like two or three goals, maybe not. But, but I or do or... notice a lot. Doesn't
2: and, it, doesn't it feel like in those games though, where t- where the Leafs get like 45, 50 shots, it always seems like the goalie stands on his head. Yeah. Like, what is it? Do you think maybe it's too much? Like, just throw everything at the net. Do you think Do you think it's too much of that? Or they're not actually good, great opportunities. Like, what What do you guys think about this? I
1: mean, pretty often they, they seem like pretty decent opportunities. Yeah, like sort of. It, it just seems
2: like all the time. I, I guess the only thing I would say is
0: with especially if the Matthews line gets a lot of shots. Um. Although no, I I was gonna say they don't have someone in front of the net, but Zach Hyman's in front of the net. If anything, they'd need someone who's bigger
1: in front of the net. Yeah. I was gonna say the exact same point, and the thing about Zach Hyman, he's not big. Yeah. He's scrappy, and it's it's a different ball game, um, in front of the net than in the corners.
0: He does a good job, but it could be a more impactful job if he was bigger.
1: For sure. Uh, I I I see that as a big problem. I think it's getting those getting getting the garbage after the fact. Um, yeah,
2: maybe. I'm just trying to think because it just seems like all the time, it's like whenever you hear about these, like, fifth and the Leafs, it's always the, the goalie is the story. And it's maybe 15.
0: maybe they just need to get – the younger guys just need to get stronger so their shot is harder to stop. I can't even. But even right now, it's a pretty good shot. But well, I'm
2: saying – no, but, like, our scoring isn't a problem. I'm saying, like, when we get, like, 25 shots, we'll score three or four goals. Like, yeah. it's just so weird. Like, I don't know. I've always wondered. Like, I don't mm-hmm.
1: know. I think that – um that goes against to what we were saying earlier because the Leafs are winning usually for most of the game until the yeah. last yeah. you know ten minutes, which means unless they're getting all these shots in the last ten minutes when they're trailing, I don't I don't think that advanced stat really fits the bill with the Leafs because they're usually doing perfectly fine. They're not trailing a ton. I mean, I don't think they're trailing more than yeah. a lot of other teams. No, no, that
2: wasn't specific. Leaf with the with the with the trailing. I was just like someone said, just like generally, teams yeah, will I shoot know. more when they're trailing. I know,
1: and and you were saying that. Maybe because the Leafs are trailing, that's why they're shooting more, but I don't... But I, they've been I, leading a lot of the Yeah, games, it doesn't yeah. sound like they're trailing a lot. Oh, you're saying, uh,
2: I see what you're saying. Yeah,
1: so um, I think I think it's interesting. I think that they're getting a lot of shots more because they're, from what I see, they are in the offensive zone a lot. and.
0: So we're nearing the end. It's very sad. Um, as we mentioned before, we have not had a playoff episode. We yes. will not have a playoff episode, as this is the final Leafs Lounge episode where do we see this team in five years? Oh,
1: uh, I'm playing goalie for it. No, um,
2: <laughs> hey, Freddy's been good. Let's, let's uh, <laughs> no, he'll in be five years. His, contract his contract contract's up. up. Oh, Antoine Bibot. <laughs> oh, he'll be long gone. Leafs.
1: Oh, I honestly, I, I kind of hope that, um, I'm talking about them in five years and I can just do this then, but, um, <laughs> Probably, I, I I feel like it's such a leafer thing to say, but it probably compete like always in the playoffs. Um, have their their sights on the, the cup. They're probably their main rival will be Tampa at the time. I feel like it's gonna be a big Tampa Bay rivalry because Tampa looks really good.
0: Is Tampa still gonna be good in five years? Yeah,
1: for sure. Tampa is gonna be probably the team we're always facing in the Eastern Conference Finals. They're gonna be our division rival. Big predictions. Um, can- 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 I just I disagree.
2: Oh, oh, yeah. Go, on, go on. Here we go. A little, little <laughs> I disagree. No, 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 just a Tampa. I don't think. Okay. I think in five years, I think they'll be solid, but not conference final worthy. Who who, who are you seeing as the competitors of? It's so hard in five years because so much can change. The only reason I'm saying that about Tampa, I, I think Stamkos is going to be. He's going to trail off by then, too many injuries and such. Hmm. Um, Kucherov is going to be making seventeen gazillion dollars by then, so the cap situation will get harder. Someone won't be there who's already bold <laughs> prediction right here. Andre Vashilevsky is not going to end up being that good. Bold prediction. Oh. that is a bold prediction. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why. Just,
1: that that could derail everything I just yeah. said. but I don't know
2: why, and I know he's like promising. I don't know why. Bold prediction. Um, so that's why I think Kucherov a lot of cap Stankos will be done, and Vashilevsky is not going to pan out. Uh, um, in the end. I'm gonna
0: sa- I'm gonna save that
1: clip when he wins five straight Veznes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a very bold. I'm just kind of saying yeah. it to be bold, but there's my bold prediction.
1: I I feel I feel like it's. They have so much going for that. They still have like 13 players in the minors that haven't made the NHL. I know like, what it, you mean. It's but not. I just don't think they're going to be dominant. If mm-hmm. there is a Stamkos injury, I could see that being really detrimental because mm-hmm. he his ca- cap hit is so high. But. Mm-hmm.
2: The reason why I said that about Vachalevsky is because I think it's just so classic hockey that, like, <laughs> they'll finally move on from Bishop and give it to Vachalevsky, and then something will but go
0: Bishop wrong. But Bishop hasn't even been that good. So I they just have to. <laughs> no,
2: I know they have to, but I'm saying, like, it'll finally happen, and then something yeah. will go wrong. I, it, just, it would just be maybe, maybe that's classic Leafs, not classic hockey, but I, I don't know. So, bold, th- bold so, this is a classic
0: Leafs question Can the Leafs win the cup in five years from now?
2: Yes, and possibly before. I think I think they uh, they're on the right track. If they can figure out the defense, uh, I think the goalie's good in Anderson. The offense will work is good and uh, figure out the D, and they'll be constantly in the playoffs and they can compete yep. for the cup uh, within the next five for sure. I think I think next year they make the playoffs and then and then it all be it all begins.
0: So I hate asking this question, but I'm going to anyway. If the Leafs win the cup, what will this? How will this city act? They, this, this city hasn't seen a real championship in
2: so long it would be quite the quite the party it would just be non-stop like that that night and the next day would be non-stop honking and shenanigans downtown and yeah, it, streets shut down it, it would be like the parade would be like insane also
1: places in northern Canada shut down when there's a lot of snow <laughs> It's gonna just be a huge snow Parties day in, in the Toronto. streets. No, like I don't know what they're gonna do about the TTC. They're gonna have to automate it because TTC drivers aren't showing up to work. Like oh, buses will be flipped <laughs> over. <laughs> I don't know. It, it. I think it'd be it would be an amazing experience. Um, it'll be a big party. Yeah. Um. I
0: don't think the city knows how to like. <laughs> we'll no. Know, we'll know what to do because I, there was the Blue Jays run, but they didn't win it this time around. They won it in the 90s. But I
2: I know they've never seen what would happen if the Leafs won a cup since 67. A very different time, obviously. But they would know that it would be absolute insanity. Like They would prepare. They would have a lot of people (laughs) on deck. They would have a a little feeling (laughs) Mm -hmm. that that it would be insanity so for sure i'm sure they would prepare Uh,
1: oh yeah and and i know when the like the jays won, my dad always has told the story that like he couldn't feel (laughs) his hand after because he was just high High five people people. Mm -hmm. so much in toronto because he lived down here i think at that point or worked here so yeah crazy
2: yeah fun fact my dad was at that game and we still have a coca-cola can from that game in my Mm -hmm. home a commemorative world series edition coca-cola never been opened
1: oh whoa
2: yeah, mm. may sell for uh, four point seven billion on eBay, <laughs> <laughs> or right. just
0: open it when someone wins a championship, like all, all right. those Chicago Cubs videos with the the guy who opened his beer the last, uh, beer, yeah. whatever it was. Did yeah. he drink it? He did drink it. Oh. it was oh. a viral video. Nice. I guess um, I
1: guess that's worth it. You know, get a few views on YouTube. Yeah. Exchange that can of Coke for a few views on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> that's not bad. Will the Leafs be the first, the next Toronto team to win
0: a championship?
2: They actually look like they're in the best position to, just because in the NBA, it's in this impossible. era, it's physically impossible to beat LeBron or or the uh, Warriors. And then the, the Blue Jays have and their look, own issues. The Blue Jays look like they're,
1: <coughs> they don't actually look that bad. They don't look that bad. I think they they have chance for the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be. But it looks like that their their contender. window
2: of World Series was that those last two years, and yeah. that, that may have just closed. So, um, the Leafs actually look like they may be in the best position to. Uh, about tfc do we do we include oh them? Well, they were close uh, i don't i know nothing about soccer close, I mean, but no cigar
1: i mean it's it, it sounds pretty promising it sounds from what like I hear. next I've, year they I, if tfc is included i think tfc even though i know pretty much nothing about it mm-hmm. I, it just from i mean you made the finals and yeah everyone is saying that it's looking better from here which is you know as amazing
2: yeah yeah I, I mean i it's just so hard to win. Obviously, it's hard to win Stanley Cup. Like even the Leafs get good, they still have to like be better than like the big Western teams, and it's tough. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, hopefully,
0: hopefully we'll they it. get it done.
1: I mean, this is probably anticlimactic. But they're saying the Western teams aren't <laughs> yeah. even. I know, but there's just something about,
2: thing about it. There's something about Chicago. They always LA. step their game up. In I the know. Playoffs. It's the playoffs that worry me. It's it's the fair. It's it's the big heavy game. It kind of. That's like, why if they
0: do it soon when they're still young, they won't know any better. They won't uh, tire down by the fourth round.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I think that's why you hope they get in the playoffs next year and they can uh, battle those woes early.
2: Yeah, and as we end off, I think we should say, and I've heard people talk about this, like, you know, this year is the last year of, like, people, you know, big emotions not really in it. I think next year is where fans are going to be expecting some wins, and they'll be really upset if they don't make the playoffs or at least, you know, don't do relatively well. So right. next year, the, the the expectations are on. If they're not winning, there'll be some heat to players, maybe even a bit of heat to Babcock. They're going to expect wins next I year. I
1: see big heat to whatever defenseman they sign in the offseason if they don't start doing well. Cause I, I think there's. Do mm-hmm. you think they'll a, sign someone? You think they'll sign? Uh, yeah, like a I, big I, I, one. I don't think you like.
2: I just don't know if there's going to be a big like a uh, big def, free agent. Defensemen
1: like. take too long to develop. I mean, if you want to make the playoffs next year, you need to either trade or sign one.
0: I don't see any of their current defense prospects stepping in in a top four role and succeeding in a top no. four role.
2: No.
1: Yeah. So uh, I mean, Sean Kirk is there. I haven't looked fully at it. Um, maybe there's some there's some trade stuff going on. I mean. Adam Larson got moved last year, which was a little bit of a surprise. Um, and, and we saw Suban and Weber do a flip. Maybe it could be a forward defenseman flip. Like, big contracts are, are flipping, um, especially on the back end. So it's possible. Yeah, and there'll a be a lot
0: of movement at this trade deadline with the expansion draft coming up, too. So maybe the Leafs yeah. can see what they can do there. They, they
1: might get someone from Anaheim, but it looks like Cam Fowler is moving, which isn't really the same
2: Zone. No, but you know Lou will be looking for defenseman. But yeah, the problem is those guys are good, Shattenkirk and Cam Fowler. I mean Cam more than Shattenkirk is a puck mover, but I feel like we'd need guys that can play D, not 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 another Riley Gardner type of. Well, I, I don't
1: know. Is, is Shattenkirk – I mean he has puck moving ability, but isn't it? is, but that, is I mean, he, he more not, defensive? Is not he's
2: in, a bit more defensive. A little more defensive. But he's not like I don't know. Well, I we, think
1: I think my concern is not that it is it's specifically focused on if they can play defense. If they can play offense, that's great. But for sure. I'm not but, saying
2: yeah, I'm not I'm not saying it's a bonus that they can play offense. Yeah, I I actually don't know too much about Shatankirk to be fully honest. Like I know he's like a good player. I know he puts up numbers. I have no idea what he's known as defensively. Right. I just hope whoever we get can play defense. Um, but yeah, right. because well, we're kind of stacked in terms of guys that can move the puck. I have no problem with those guys. Yeah, we just need guys that can.
1: There 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 have them. been some uh, like. Uh, defensive prospects that have been drafted in the top five. I think Columbus has one of the Murrays. Caroline has a Murray. Um, I don't know. that they, they seem to move sometimes. I mean, Luke Shen moved. We saw a good Branson move. So maybe one of those two defensemen, if team politics get in the way, could be moved. They're also reaching their bridge contracts. Those places are kind of a nightmare to play in. So there might be some interest there. I, I could see potential interest sparking. Um, yeah, we actually,
2: we drafted a few like defensive defensemen ish people, but they're they're not going to be. They're years away. They're right? years away, yeah. but uh, but yeah, right. So that'll be interesting. But that's it obviously seems like the next move is going to be uh, defenseman. All so right. I, yeah.
0: Well, f- for the final time, thank you very much this for listening. It, this is
2: it. This is it. Thank, thank. Yeah. This has
0: been quite a ride these last four years. Quite a ride. Yep. Talked a lot about the Leafs. A lot about the Oilers. Seen a lot of heartbreak. <laughs> Seen a lot of promise and a lot that. of hope,
1: and talked a lot about Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> that, yeah. That's the, who the Leafs are trying yeah. to.
0: Uh, that's what they're trying to aspire to. Teams that are competitive every year. All right, Maybe yeah. in the next few years we'll see that.
2: Well, we had a good run. Yeah. Until then, right, we has up. been Leafs Line. Leafs. Land.